This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Today we're playing Guess Who? Uh, And as with every game, I need some game show music, so I've invited Grant up. Please give him a round of applause. (laughs) We have not rehearsed this, so... We'll see if we can pull this off, Grant. Let's see. Let's see if we've got some Graham show music for me. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Today we're playing Guess Who? Guess Who? The big question this time of year is, who is the saviour of the world? Some of you think you've already won this game. You're just going to pick Taylor Swift straight off the bat. But Taylor Swift is not the saviour of the world. So let's, let's play, shall we? Are they a sports star? Sadly, no. So we'll get rid of some, we'll get rid of some players here. Do they go through a lot of breakups? No. <sighs> Do they make beats? Do they make beats? Are they, uh, are they avid beat maker? Sadly, no. The King and Kanye West are gone. Oh, no. Who, I really thought it could be. I really did think it could be the King, the King of Pop. But obviously not that King. Are they a billionaire? I have fact-checked this and we're getting rid of Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kim Kardashian and Steve Jobs. We fact-checked it. It's true. It's true. But the saviour of the world, not a billionaire. Luke Skywalker's still up there. He's in for a shot. Saving the galactic empire. Let's see what happens. Are they the head of an empire? Sadly, no, not the head of an empire by any means. The Queen and Julius Caesar, they're gone. Uh, Do they have a YouTube channel? We're going to get rid of... We're going to get rid of Mr Beast, Jordan Peterson and me. Please don't go searching for that after the service. It's embarrassing. For my magic magician days. Uh, you, you want to see magic tricks? We won't look for that YouTube channel. Uh, do you consume them? No, you do not. The whiskey is gone. Not the saviour of the world. Jen, I don't know where you made a face. You're far too young to be making a face. <laughs> yes, I, it's bright here, but I can see facial expressions. Uh, do they have a cool weapon? Sadly, no. Thor and Luke Skywalker are out. Uh, Do they wear a crown? No, King Herod is out. Are they real? Well, wait, actually, I've got this wrong. Are they real? Well, they are real, which means, oh, yeah, we're getting rid of Santa, Superman, and Captain Jack. Oh, sorry for any kids in the room. Santa. I accidentally crossed Santa out. I I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, Do they wear lots of gold? No, they do not. The Pope is gone. Uh, are they as the son of royalty? Many people don't know this, but Buddha came from a royal bloodline. His family were royalty. Uh, not necessarily the son of royalty, leaving us with Jesus. Jesus, the winner of the game, who is the saviour of the world. Round of applause for Grant. Round of applause for, round of applause for Jesus. Excellent. Who is the saviour of the world? 
You know, only one is left standing, and that is Jesus, this baby who lie in a manger. This baby who lie in a manger. I often wonder around Christmas time if the people of the day were wondering who is the Messiah going to be? Who is going to be? I wonder if the people of the day were waiting for the Messiah, for the Savior of the world, and they were wondering who it's going to be. In fact, there were specific people on a mission to find the Messiah or the Savior of the world. The Messiah meaning like chosen one, anointed one. They were looking for who the Savior of the world was going to be and they were on a mission to find him. I think of the shepherds. Now the shepherds are interesting because different theologians will say the shepherds who were watching their flocks by night were different kinds of people. I read a really cool article today that some people were saying that these shepherds may not have been shepherds at all, but actually priests who had gone out to look after the sacrificial lambs close to the city of Jerusalem. And I thought that's pretty cool, that's a good idea. Some people say that the shepherds were like young people, like kids, because um, we, you know, in the Old Testament, we hear stories of like David, the shepherd boy, he was the youngest son out watching the sheep. So they could have been young and children. Some even saying that they might have been like women because women were given medial jobs like looking after sheep. And I thought that's very interesting. But I like to think of the shepherds as sort of like typical run-of-the-mill, not necessarily the lowest of society, but somewhere middle-class, I like to think of the shepherds as sort of like Australian bogans. I sort of like to think the shepherds of people that's like, if there's a cheese board and the Mercy Valley comes out, they're like, oh, Mercy Valley? That's all right. I like to think of the Berg bogans as like their favorite Bible verse is John Deere 3.16. I like to think of bogans, you know, they're, they're rocking up to church in their heavy harness. <laughs> I like to think of these guys as like bogans, you know, they're wearing the classic, they're wearing a blue singlet, they're wearing the shortest shorts you can possibly imagine, and they're out there watching their sheep, average people. And these bogans are out just watching their sheep, and it doesn't matter whether you're a priest, or you're a kid, or you're an Aussie bogan watching your sheep, if you're watching sheep, you're going to stink. And I like to imagine them sitting there and the angels appear and the angels say, you know what, you people are going to be the first people to visit this, this new Messiah, this Saviour. It says in Luke 2, oh, a king, you know, a Messiah is born and you're on a mission to find him. And these bogans are like, whoa, that's really bright. Whoa, angels, never seen them before. That's all right. Wow, that's, 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 that's top notch, that is. They're afraid. Angels say, don't be afraid, go find this baby. And the angels, and it says this, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So these shepherds, these Aussie bogans, I wonder if they're walking along and I wonder if they're playing a game of guess who. They're sort of playing a game of guess who and they're like, oh, you know, the angels told us it would be in a manger, but maybe that's just like, maybe this is gonna, maybe we're heading to a palace, boys. Maybe we're heading to a palace and we're gonna meet we're going, to meet, we're going to meet King Herod and maybe there's going to be a baby there and, and they're going, oh, I wonder who it's going to be. And I bet you they're walking along going, I wonder if when we get there, there's going to be like a massive spread of feast and we're going to, we're going to get to partake of, the, of, of all the different, the, the roast pork. Grant's favourite food was a cheesecake. Dylan, what was your favourite Christmas food? Gingerbread. 
No wonder if they're walking along thinking, oh, it's probably going to be the richest person in Jerusalem. We're going somewhere really, really, really special. I wonder if they thought, hmm, this baby is going to be, oh, it's going to be born in a manger, but maybe that's just like something, maybe that's just a random thing. They probably didn't quite understand a ba- the Messiah in a manger. They didn't understand, but they're thinking, who is this going to be? I wonder if they were thinking, oh, the Messiah should be a Jew of Jews. I wonder if they're thinking, hmm, the Messiah Oh, oh, I bet you it's the biggest baby you've ever seen. And everyone will know this baby is going to be a warrior. I wonder if they're walking along thinking so many different things, only to find out that this baby was the most unlikely candidate. The Christmas story should bring up a lot of questions king of the world, you know, we, we call Jesus the king of the world, the king of kings, the chosen one, the Messiah, born in a place for animals. Now, we don't know if it was like a barn or if it was a cave or if it was like the basement of a house where they keep the animals. Like we know in like, in, in those times, they would have like a two-story house and they'd keep the animals in the lower floor because the heat of the animals would rise and it would be like central heating for your house just keeping the animals underneath and so we don't really know where Jesus specifically was born whether it was really in a barn but we do know he was born in a place for animals I wonder if the bogans the shepherds walked in and went "Mm, this is a bit how you going something my dad would say he'd say this is a bit how you going stinks I wonder if they're so blatant like that A fragile baby born into a fragile environment. Seeing the king of the world, the Messiah, so fragile. I really don't like holding babies or holding kids because I'm genuinely terrified I might drop it. Not because I want to, but just because it's terrifying. The thought, like you have to protect its neck or something. So one wrong slip and you don't protect its neck, that's terrifying, fragile. Here's a baby, the king of the world, the king of kings, the person who created it all, a baby in a fragile environment. You only need one rogue cow to flick its tail and knock over the manger. Fragile baby in a fragile environment. Not born of royalty, but to like a 14-year-old girl who has been judged and probably outcast because, well, she's having a baby before her and her husband were married. I can imagine these bogans walking in and Mary, a 14-year-old girl, has just had a child. I wonder what that has done to her body. I wonder what the experience of, and I wonder, they probably walk in and Joseph is just sitting in the corner terrified of what he just witnessed, shaking, trying to help his, his trying to help Mary. And that the Bogans walk into this environment and we think, you know, they're walking in, it's a big celebration, it's a big part, you know, the baby's there, really nice and cute and sweet, but it's not that. They walk in, there's the smell, there's the animals mooing, sheep barring. Mary just had a child at 14 years old. Joseph just freaked out by the situation. Couldn't provide a nice place for his family on that night. Not born of royalty, born in real raw circumstances. And certainly not rich. When the Bogan shepherds arrived, I don't think they got a good spread. I don't think it was all amazing. 
I don't think it was all wonderful. It truly was an unlikely candidate. This baby lying in a manger. And I think this whole story, Jesus born of the Virgin Mary, a young virgin girl, shepherds being the first people to visit Jesus, the environment in which he was born, the nobodies he was born to. I wonder if this whole story has a major element and a major theme, that theme being that Jesus defies expectations. Jesus defies expectations. I believe Jesus defied expectation back then, and I believe that Jesus defies expectation now. I was thinking about some of the songs we sing, and I was thinking about how I view Jesus, like guess who, Jesus. And I was thinking about when I'm in times of musical worship and I'm singing these worship songs, how do I view Jesus? How do I picture him? I was thinking about the song, Rain Above It All, which we've been doing recently. You reign above it all, you reign above it all, over the universe and every living thing. That was wrong, wasn't it, Dan? Over every living soul? What is that line? Over the universe and over every heart. Jesus, you reign above it all. And I was thinking, when I sing that song, I'm thinking of a pretty majestic Jesus, like a glorious Jesus, like Jesus, like as a, like as a, like a lion, like powerful in heaven, like ruling, reigning, standing, sitting on a throne, wearing a crown. You reign above it all. Like, that's what I'm imagining. But in this environment, what would it mean to sing the same thing? A shepherd walking into an unlikely environment with an unlikely saviour, a barn, animals around, bah, baby crying, Mother Mary in pain and hurt from what she's just been through, no drugs, no midwives, nothing to help, Joseph just witnessing a child be born for the first time, dirt, smell, and the shepherds, it says they go on to praise his name, tell everyone about him. They've just seen this baby. I wonder what it means to sing that song with a little baby like that in that environment, like baby lying there, the shepherds. You reign above it all, over the universe, and over every heart, like a baby. This is the saviour of the world. Jesus, you reign above it all. If you put yourself in that space, it doesn't make any sense. This baby in a manger, in this environment, to these people, is going to reign and does reign above it all. Jesus defies expectations. I think this is important because how we picture Jesus and who we guess him to be is, is like, it really frames how we will worship him. I don't know how you view Jesus or how you've been taught to view Jesus, 
And I don't know what the questions you've asked to find him are. I don't know if you've been looking for your saviour and asking all different sorts of questions to try to find him. Maybe you think the saviour is going to be one of these uh, billionaires, Bill Gates, I don't know, someone who can, someone who can, you know, has a lot of money who can fix the planet. Well, we know their money could feed whole countries, but it hasn't been done yet. Those people aren't going to be the saviour of the world if that's what you're seeking. Maybe you think it is going to be a political figure. If we vote the right person in, if the right person gets into power, maybe they can fix things. If there's the right American president. Well, over the last eight years, we've seen both sides of the political spectrum in America and neither side seemed to have saved the world yet. The world still seems to be in turmoil regardless of who's in power. So maybe that's the wrong question. Maybe you're like seeking a saviour or like ultimate power in something that's sort of outside of your control. Maybe like an addiction. Maybe you have this belief that you can just, uh, uh, what do you call it? Ignorance is bliss. The world's going to waste. Maybe my saviour can be alcohol. It can free my mind for a time and a period. I don't know what questions you're asking to find this saviour. But I know that this saviour defies expectations. You have to ask different questions. When we're looking for this saviour, I wonder if we need to ask things like, is this saviour humble? Yes. Is this saviour meek? Yes. Is this saviour a warlord? No. Is this saviour just? Yes. Jesus is ultimately the judge. But if we're going to call him the judge, we also need to remind ourselves that he's perfectly just and has perfect justice. Is this saviour uh, going to forgive me? Yes. There's different questions. Jesus defies expectations. Not only does Jesus defy expectations, but we as his followers can also defy expectations. And in my sermon, I just wanted to talk about the Christmas period, not necessarily just tell you a Christmas story. We are all about to go into the world, into family Christmases, into friends groups we don't usually hang out with or people we might not usually see. And for some of us, it means hanging out with family members who are not necessarily Christian. For some of it means hanging out with friends who are not necessarily Christian. For some of it means really difficult dinners and lunches uh, because of the nature of Christmas dinners and lunches. I don't know about you, but I had a few, few crazy uncles growing up. And I wonder how this Jesus who defies expectation can help us in the real rawness of our lives. Because on Sunday morning, we're going to come here, we're going to sing carols and it's going to be beautiful and people are going to wear their nice Christmas clothes. And even though your kids are going to be screaming because they want to stay home and open their presents, you're going to usher them into the car and force them to be here. And your kids are going to wish they were at home opening their presents. But first, they'll have to sit in this service or however you do Christmas. And it'll look really, really, really good. But I know that some of us are going to go to Christmas lunches and Christmas dinners that are going to be hard. So how does this Jesus that defies expectations help us? Perhaps we need to remember that Jesus who defies expectations 
This Jesus is not necessarily judgmental, but shows great mercy. And I wonder for us who are going to lunches or dinners that are difficult, what it means for us to be like Jesus and be less judgmental and show mercy to those who are at the table. I wonder what it means for this Jesus who defies expectation, this Jesus who is compassionate. I wonder if we can look around the table and hold great compassion. I wonder for this Jesus who defies expectations, you know, not everything needs to be perfect. If you're someone who is hosting Christmas and it's a major stress, you want the house to be clean and perfect and you want to set the table perfectly with the bonbons and you want to make sure you've got all the best photos out and you want to make sure that the oven's on time and that roast is coming out of that oven at exactly, at exactly the right time. If you're having a roast, it must be nice. On Christmas Day, I usually got stuck with cold cuts of meat. It was much worse. But if you're fancy enough to be having a roast, you want to come out of the kitchen. Let me tell you, there are more important things than everything being perfect on Christmas Day. And I can assure you that we can be like the Jesus who defies expectation. Not everything needs to be perfect. Christmas is allowed to be real. Christmas is allowed to feel real. It can smell a bit. There can be animals running around, uh, barking at your guests, and you're embarrassed by the dog. But it's okay. It's allowed to be animals. It can be different. And the people who show up, you know, well, some of them will be wise men, although the wise men probably didn't show up until like Jesus was nine years old. But let's just, for the sake of the story, some of them might be wise men and you might be really excited to have them at your table. And some of them might be, Bogans. No matter who's having me at their house on Christmas, a bogan's coming. I'm going to wear my John, my John Deere hat, or hopefully whatever hat I get for Christmas. I'm going to rock up in my Nike shorts, and I'll probably be barefoot because it's going to be too hard to find a park at the shops to buy a new pair of Havianas. Christmas can be real. And I don't know what you're going into, but this Christmas season, I just wanted to give hope to the people that it's a stress for and say, hey, the first Christmas was real and your Christmas can be too. But I want you to know this. Jesus was the last man standing. Perfect Messiah, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And in the middle of all the smell in the middle of all the bogans, in the middle of the mother Mary sitting there, just had a child, perhaps traumatised, in the middle of Joseph also, perhaps traumatised, in the middle of all of this, smell, mess, realness, rawness, lies perfect, meek, humble baby Jesus. And wherever you're going for Christmas, whether it smells, whether you've got a few bogans showing up, or whatever it is, I know this, perfect, humble, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, is right in your midst. And I know that defies all expectations, but it is the truth. Jesus was born.
a gift to the world. Jesus lived and showed us how to live. Jesus died for our sins and Jesus rose to conquer it all. And that's what Christmas is about. So in the middle of the messiness, in the middle of the mess, in the middle of all the guessing and trying to figure it out, in the middle of all the questions, Jesus remains and he's the one left standing and he'll be with you at Christmas no matter what that's going to be like. And if you're sitting here going, this doesn't relate to me because you've got a perfect Christmas lunch planned, please invite me. because I would love to see it. <laughs> or perhaps <laughs> me showing up would ruin the whole thing. I want to pray for us as we go into this Christmas season that we would find the Jesus who defies expectation. God, I pray this Christmas as we're trying to guess who the Saviour is, especially when the world is so chaotic. Israel, Palestine, wars, lots of things going on, heat waves, mess, chaos, all these different things. God, in the middle of it all, uh, we're trying to figure out where the Saviour is. God, we humbly know that it is you. We humbly come to that realisation. And God, as we go to into Christmas um, around tables and around families, environments that might smell, that might be messy... Uh, God, we just pray we would be so aware of your presence that you're with us in your perfect humility in ways that defy expectation. God, go with us this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.